Bonjour everyone and I hope that everyone is fit and healthy still. Today guys we will have a look at talking about how you can make your gym sessions count so you're not wasting too much time in the gym so you're getting the best bang for your buck when you decide to spend time within the gymnasium. I'll be honest I don't really go into big commercial gyms anymore. I did do you know a good 10 kind of 15 years ago when I had to but I don't because for the simple fact that it's probably I've got my own private PT studio and I don't need to quite quite frankly. However about I don't know what 8 10 weeks ago uh, I went down to London to do osteopath one of these courses just to develop myself it was what was it called now osteopathic articulation course a bit of a mouthful uh, but basically just different techniques on how to kind of heal people with uh, certain ailments. And, you know, I booked myself uh, a couple of day passes to go into one of the big commercial gyms. I won't name which one it is, but it was one of these cheap uh, gym chains. You know, it did exactly what I needed to do, in and out, uh, and I got it done. But, yeah, I was kind of taken back by some of the people, uh, what they were actually doing in there. And it was more so from the younger generation. And quite frankly, there was a lot of randomness going on. Lots of people... For some reason, doing like static planks, you, you know, the one with the elbows on the floor, you're facing down, your toes are on the ground, but holding these planks for like a super long time, and I'm like, what are you doing? Other things I saw was like a good few kind of skinny lads hovering around the free weights area, kind of getting in the way, looking pretty clueless. Only saw a handful of personal trainers in there at that time, I think it was kind of the time of the day. Um, again, body language from them, not, not great. I'm hoping the words with the clients was a lot more stimulating to what the body language was kind of showing that we saw there. Probably trying to find out the differences between the elbow and their arsehole. Now, the first thing you need to establish before hitting the gym is knowing exactly what your personal objective is. What it is you hope to achieve by doing these certain exercises. From there, you can draw up a plan of action um, and you can essentially just implement that bad boy going forward. For example, if you're a rugby player, there's certain exercises to do. If you're a hockey player, there's certain exercises to do. If you've got certain previous injuries that you've had uh, and you want to keep them at bay, there is certain things for you to do in order to achieve those things. And we could literally pull about, you know, if we if we pulled 100 people off the gym floor and ask them, hey, what are you trying to achieve today in the gym? If we did like a brief kind of questionnaire, not that you would, but for example's sake, the most popular answer you would probably get is the generic one. And it would be something on the lines of, yeah, I'm just trying to lose weight. Or I'm trying to maintain my current weight. Or I'm just trying to keep fit and healthy. Very kind of brase answers. And it's these people I find to be a little bit lost in the world of the gym in regards to what to do for the, for the best. And this podcast is probably going to help those people more so than, than anyone else. Just just give them a little bit more of a powerful kind of sense of direction. Now, the human body is a fine specimen, folks. It's smarter than you would ever think it is. And we are still pretty much learning about the human body to this very day. We don't fully understand it to its, to its full potential. But as we're going through this podcast, I want to throw a few general principles at you that most people should be working on within the gym. And principle number one is this, if you can help it, try and stay away from the fixed weight machines and focus more on the free weight exercises. I repeat that, stay away from the free weight stuff 
sorry, the fixed weight machines and focus more on the free weight exercises. Now, unless you've been specifically told by your therapist, your rehabber, your sports therapist, your physiotherapist, or if you're looking to change things up a little bit, there's no good reason to essentially decondition your body by sitting on a fixed weight machine. For example, the seated shoulder press or the ab curl machine. If we try and compare these, for example, a standing shoulder press with dumbbells versus the seated shoulder press. Now the standing shoulder press with the dumbbells, so the free weight stuff, wins hands down. Why? So many other muscles have to work compared to the fixed weight machine as the body's trying to stabilize itself a lot more. You know, it's like asking a sports person, for example, a rugby player trying to tackle someone while being fixed in a chair. You know, you're not going to do too well. You're limiting your own potential by sitting uh, in these fixed weight machines. Now, obviously, tackling someone in rugby requires the whole of your body to work all at once. You know, your core muscles work so much more with free weight exercises. And when I look back when I did my apprenticeship while I was studying my master's in sports science, I was at a super league club called Wakefield Wildcats and there was not one fixed weight machine in sight. It was all free weights. So if you can, stick to the free weight exercises. So if we look at principle number two that I've got down, and it's this, everyone should stimulate and work on their posterior chain. What the fuck is your posterior chain? Basically, if you haven't heard of what your posterior chain is, if you just think about the word itself, posterior meaning behind, your posterior chain is all of your muscles at the back of your body. Okay, so you're looking at, just to name a few, you're looking at your lower traps, you're looking at your erectus spinae group, you're looking at your gluteal muscles, you're looking at your hamstrings, you're looking at your calves, everything at the back of your body, just to name a few. Now, why should we stimulate this? Well, from a from a posture point of view, it helps to keep us upright. It helps to keep us upright and proper. Uh, the better your posture, essentially, the less likelihood of you developing any kind of niggling injuries that may occur later down the line. On top of that, everybody seems to train or overtrain the muscles that they can literally see in the mirror. I think kind of young lads are very guilty of this. And it does over time, if they keep pushing stuff rather than pulling, it can overdevelop like the front of the body and it can give them that hunchback look. And that hunchback kind of look is it's that stooped look. And the te- technical term for that is we call that kind of hyperkyphosis or excessive kind of kyphosis. And from a sporting point of view, your posterior chain is your best friend, trust me. So exercises that can kind of stimulate your posterior chain to name a few, again, you're looking at your single leg Romanian deadlifts, you could look at your Nordic curls, you could look at your glute bridges, your squats, your deadlifts, lower trap work, yada, yada, yada. Just some exercises to work on. So folks, number two, work on your posterior chain. So if we move on to the principle three that I've got down, try and do some light work during your long rest periods. So what I'm talking about here is if you've done a heavy set of a particular exercise. Let's say you've done five reps on split squats. So five reps on each leg. Why not utilize your time 
and go away and do some light rotational work during their rest time period. So you'll, you'll do the exercise and you might have like two minutes recovery before you go back and do it again. During that two minutes, rather than fucking about on Instagram or swiping right on center, why not utilize your time a little bit more effectively and do some, like I say, rotational work within your core. And with that exercise that's gonna be like, make sure it's not too taxing as you want to perform well for that next set of split squats. You don't wanna compromise your ability of lifting that heavy weight again. A good example here might be wood chops. Um, and it can be a nice subtle way of getting your mid back, something we call like your thoracics. And we can get that moving and making it a little bit more robust. If it's something I've seen over the years is that people's ability to rotate within the mid back, that thoracics, it's really shit. It really is crap. Why? Because they never do it. The spine is it's a robust piece of piece of equipment within our bodies. And it is designed to go forward, backwards, up, down, and rotate. The good thing about here is if you do work that rotational element of your body, because the majority of sporting injuries, if you're that way inclined, the majority of sporting injuries occur while the body is trying to deal with a rotating or twisting action. And I wish this was something I had done a lot more in my younger days about 13 years ago. When playing rugby, remember, I caught the ball from kickoff. I sidestepped one fella, and then I tried to sidestep another fella, and it's a twisting action. The ACL popped, and it was a complete rupture. Um, and I was out for quite quite some time. So don't make the same mistake I did and get working on rotational work. But going back to the ACL injury, it's not just rotational work you need to do. There's a few other things you need to do in order to help prevent such an injury like that. Now, we call doing these little exercises in between your main exercise. We call this like active recovery. Uh, when you're working on something light in between, like I say, those exercises. So point number three, do some active recovery work during your main exercise. And principle number four is this. Track down what it is you're doing exactly in the gym. How can you measure success if you're doing random workouts and not making a note of what you've done previously in the gym? Now this basically, it boils down to kind of good programming, good gym programming. And again, if you're deadlifting twice a week, for example's sake, and on a Monday, one session, you're deadlifting 40 kilograms, and then four days later, on the Friday, Saturday, you're, you're nailing and deadlifting 100 kilograms for, for the same reps. So 40, and then you've boosted up to 100. Not only is that completely kind of random and probably a waste of time, unless you're performing some kind of plyometrics with that lighter 40 kilogram weight, then I'm completely lost to what's your, if you're doing that in the gym. Now, increasing your weight... On a, on a given exercise by two and a half to five percent from one week to the next it's probably a, a good way to go so if you're kind of comfortably lifting 100 kilograms and you're you're deadlifting whether it's barbell or hex bar and the next week you've increased it by two and a half to five percent it's not a bad way to go it's nice and safe and it's a nice kind of progression it's nice little bit of overload for you again assuming it's not feeling too easy for you now, you can't just do this every single week. At some point, you're going to have to have like a recovery week. Uh, this is something where we'll talk about later, something called periodization. 
And recovery weeks are sometimes also known as like de deload weeks. And it's just, it gives the body a bit of a chance to rest and go again. So you might have three weeks in a row where you increase the weight for every exercise you do. And then the fourth week comes along, you just kind of regress things a bit, make it a bit easier so you can recover, so you can start the whole process again. Now, unless you're munching on the good old steroids and effectively kind of cheating yourself, recovery is a bit different when you're on the Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, breakfast of champions. Recovery... You recover so much quicker uh, when you read the research on steroids. Um, but no, we'll have a separate kind of podcast about steroids uh, just to make sure that you never touch them. So point number four we have to conclude is track down what you're doing. So to conclude, guys, those four tips again. Tip number one, you've got make sure you're working with your free weights as much as you can. Number two, work on that lovely posterior chain. Number three, Chip away at your active recovery and maybe focus on a bit of rotational work. And finally, number four, track your activity. Now, the sessions I do with my clients, they are no longer than an hour. If you know what you're doing within the gym, you, there's no real reason to be any over than an hour when it comes to the weight training side of things. If I've hit an hour with one of my one-to-one -one clients, I've probably done some extra work with them from a sports therapy point of view. I'm all about the minimum dose effect. Why do more? when you don't have to for the same results. Before I go, if anyone needs a bit of help, I can work with you online. And if you want any more details on that, you can head over to the website, which is strengthandshred.co.uk. Thanks for listening. We'll chat soon.